I can't. It's slimy. It's mucusy. It's like a cow blew its nose and said, here, let me package this <laughs> and you can eat it with berries. Welcome to the Onyx Life, where change comes with challenge. Every episode, we take you on a journey moving you from the struggle life to the Onyx Life, creating happy homes, financial empires, and of course, exploring the lighter side of life. My name is Merthel. And I'm Rita. Today, we are going to talk to you about our weight gain and weight loss journey. So today, we are going to get into why we gained weight, how much weight did we gain, and what we've done to try to lose it. It's been a pretty crazy ride. I have not been this heavy my whole life. In fact, growing up as a child, all the way up until college, I was actually slim. In fact, for most of my childhood, I was bony. And I would, I was very active. I was swimming every day. I was riding my bike. I was having recess, playing kickball and softball and dodgeball. And that's when children still had recess, basically. And now um, I look back on those days and I go, wow. You know, back then I ate steak. I had fast food. I had whatever actually I wanted. Woke up, drank a big thing of juice, went back to sleep. And it's like... I had the metabolism of what I guess all children really should have. And it was really good while the ride lasted. What I didn't know was that starting around probably maybe from childhood, but also maybe high school, I started treating myself to, uh, I have a sweet every day. Like, ooh, let me have a little cookie. What? This is moderation. I have one cookie a day. Still wasn't gaining weight. Guess what I was doing? I was packing on fat cells that just was waiting for the perfect time to blow up. And when that time came, it was basically when I got pregnant with my first child. I was slim, I was still slim in college, but I got married as anybody who listens to this podcast knows. I got married when I was um, 19. So I only had basically a year and a half in college um, at that time, and then boom, got married, got immediately pregnant with our first child, and guys, I packed on about 60 pounds, 60 pounds with the first child, and before I could even lose that, I got pregnant with my second child, mm. and our first two are 11 months apart, then a few years later, had my third, still didn't take off the weight. And then a few years after that third one, had my fourth child. Now, each child was a C-section, so I couldn't even be really up and around after the births. It was so painful to even just stand mm. straight. Mm -hmm. I couldn't laugh. I couldn't use my, oh, my abs for anything, especially with the first one. The first C-section is the worst because it's like a shock to your body to have these muscles sliced open. Mm. And so there's burning, there's all sorts of discomfort. Um, with my third um, child, my third C-section, the incision actually came apart and I had to kind of heal from the inside out. It was just, it was very awful to be able to think about being, you know, healthy and active, but knowing, oh, I have this open incision. So there was just a lot of things that I went through. I can't blame anybody but myself though. You know, early on with my first child, Merthel was like, oh, Rita, let's go on walks. Uh-uh, I'm too tired. I'm too tired to go walking. I thought, oh, don't worry, okay? I will just lose the weight after. Well, one of the reasons why I would say to Rita, let's, lose the w let's go on a walk is because my story is just a little bit different than Rita's. I didn't gain weight until I was about 11 in grade five. That's when I started to really pack on the pounds. And um, But before that, I was very active, very athletic, you know, as a young kid, just, you know, typical active young kid regular weight but like I said um, right about grade uh, right about grade five that's when I started to pack on the pounds and started being becoming overweight now I wasn't morbid not like you know the standards of today but I definitely I noticed that I would be winded I noticed that I was you know getting chubby and things like that and as the years went by from that moment on I was definitely emotionally eating eating overeating and definitely gaining the weight and um and i 
lost some of the weight in high school. Um, in probably around grade 11, grade 12, I started to um, grow a little bit. And, um, and then, you know, but then never really fully taking off all the weight. But I did with the growth spurt that I had around grade 11 or grade 12, it did kind of dis redistribute my weight so that I didn't look as big as I did like in junior high or in the beginning of high school. And so that was kind of my journey. I've always been the big guy. I've always uh, been overweight. Um, and it was in uh, college, in my first year of college, that I, can you believe it? I'm 19 and I am still growing. <laughs> in fact, um, a huge growth spurt. I, I could have went from under six to now my present high, which is 6'2", and I was under six. And so I, I shot up under six in the year that I was in college, which is quite strange um, to, to have a growth spurt at that time in life, but it, it happened to me. And at that time, I probably went down the lowest that I have been in my adult years, um, which was like around like 169 or something like that. But for a 6'2 person, anybody that knows 169 is pretty small for somebody that is 6'2. Mm -hmm. And, um, and um, then I met Rita, maybe two or three years later in university. And that's when we just, just enjoyed each other, enjoyed love and enjoyed, you know. But I still wasn't dating. overweight. It was really when I right, right. had the babies. But mm -hmm. one thing I do have to say, and this is kind of a sensitive subject, but I do have to say that when I met Merthel, I was actually surprised by the type of food he was eating and the portions. Now, that doesn't mean that I wouldn't go like go get In-N-Out or Burger King while I was like growing up and everything. Mm -hmm. But there were certain meals and I would tease him and I'd be like, why are we cooking a Thanksgiving meal? <laughs> And it's just like a Wednesday. <laughs> like, right. Why are we having like stuffing and macaroni and cheese and all this stuff? And for a while, I told him, I, like later on in our marriage, I told him that I kind of felt like I needed to eat with him because I felt like, you know, at the time you want to do the things that your partner wants to do. Well, you weren't really into sports, but you were a fantastic cook. Mm -hmm. So I always felt like I had to, you know, eat your food lasagnas and a lot of highly highly rich food right. both of us actually grew up eating a lot of rice you know right. vegetarian meat and vegetables but it's like when you are now on your own you get to like cook the way you want to cook right and although i grew up eating meat he didn't i was actually slim eating all this meat mm -hmm. but then but not in the way people do it today no not at all now people just eat plates of meat for breakfast and i and and one of the differences on my end with rita is is that rita grew up eating fast food and going to restaurants and i really grew up cooking so the challenge for me was that i was ingesting a lot more fast food than i'd ever ingested before as far as like on a consistent basis you know if you felt hungry hey let's go to this Boston market or, oh, okay, let's go here. Let's go there. Let's go to this fast food. And I was not accustomed to that. I was accustomed to always fixing food. So on one end, I'm fixing these, you know, elaborate meals, you know, lasagna in the middle of the week, Thanksgiving dinners during the middle of the week. And then on the other end, we're going out and eating a lot of fast food, you know, and which I was used to, which she was used to. And, so and the like back I was and forth, saying, like when was, I was eating meat, I was still eating it like chicken or, you know, vegetable, rice. Mm -hmm. Like it wasn't, like I said, a big plate of meat. But I will say there is this memory that I have of visiting Merthel at his parents' home in Toronto. And there someone put a plate in front of me. Now, this is the first time I've ever seen shepherd's pie. I didn't even know what that was. <laughs> and it literally spanned the whole plate. And we're talking about a large plate here. Right. And I was like, I was floored. First, like, I'm supposed to eat all of this. And I did not want to insult right. you or your family. I just didn't know what to do. Right. But I started eating. And I was really hoping that I could get away with maybe eating half. 
you know, so I may have been eating probably the wrong foods, but when I was growing up, I was still eating, I think, portions. Right. And that's probably why I didn't blow up until later when portions just kind of flew out the door. Right. And, and then, I started and getting used to more richer, denser, larger portions of food. And everything. And, and that's not just home cooking. I mean, remember back in the 80s when we grew up, the soda cans were the thin right, soda cans. Right. And, you know, a portion of fries was the small portion of fries. So yes. it's not a situation where it's like the home cooking was big. Everything was bigger. Like, yeah, supersize that drink. That's when they started supersizing everything. Get that supersized fries. Huge. Yeah. It portions was just a recipe for disaster. Everywhere. Right. So, and um, so when we, so when we met, that's a little bit of the early years, but when we met, I remember um, heading into our, wedding of course like every every person we were not um you know majorly overweight in any way shape or form i wasn't overweight at the wedding in fact we weren't even overweight like we were small i was small like i said i was like you know probably under what i should be but at the at that time we still wanted to lose weight you know how it is like it just everybody's like ooh, lose weight you know have that ideal perfect weight and so we started doing um the first thing when it came to dieting um because we're going to introduce you to all the quote ear quote diets that we've been on and the first one that i can remember going on a diet with rita was not so much for us to lose this excess weight because we didn't have excess weight but it was just to lose weight for our wedding to have that quote-unquote perfect yeah but i think one of the interesting things is to now go back and look at why we were not big right exactly i was not overweight definitely you were not overweight right and i did not even think of a weight problem at this point but i think it was a lot to do with just what people do when they are going towards their wedding i mean if you know megan markle and and what's his name prince harry like come on there 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 is no way that he needed to lose any weight shape but she put him on a diet on a diet for what like what is he going to be like a skeleton at the wedding so it's just sort of cultural sort of thing and so we went on our our diet and i remember the first diet that we did it was only eating breakfast Mm-hmm. only eating breakfast and um and we actually lost the weight that we didn't need to lose but we did actually lose weight and i can't help but think that that kind of propelled us into sort of like i don't know into the the world of dieting because when a problem started to exist like you said like after we were married and after it was like okay let's go to walk or whatever the case may be and we're eating and now we start seeing pregnancy weight and things are packing on it, it was almost the first sign it was almost the first sign of we may not have a handle on uh, a good way to um, to See, relate to and, food and that's my problem and that's why I wanted to say this because I want this to be a very open and honest podcast my problem is that I did not focus on dieting. I had friends around me in high school that were always like, oh, I'm on a diet. Oh, I'm on a diet. And I never did. And I feel like when I started to really gain weight was when I started to have a preoccupation with food and with diets. I think prior to that, I really didn't. And I think, yes, this was the tipping point when I said, oh, let me lose weight for my wedding. When I really didn't have to, it's becoming preoccupied with something when I really didn't have to. And while we're going to explore the lighter side of everything, I do want to say that if if I could do something over again, I would have just had my wedding. I would not have started to get into this unhealthy way of losing weight prior. You know what? We need to go back before that, Mm -hmm. because prior to that. We went on this cayenne pepper thing even at while we were working at the um, snack shop in college. I don't recall. I that, remember but... that. Mm-hmm. And you know why I remember that? Because we were working and I was at the cash register and all of a sudden this wave hit me like, whoa, I'm about to be sick. And it was because we had started the cayenne pepper. Mm-hmm. I did not know about the cayenne pepper thing. You had introduced me. And so. Tell them what this cayenne pepper diet well, is. Well, the cayenne pepper diet is sort of like a lemonade diet that you squeeze lemons and then you add maple syrup uh, to give you sort of like energy and then cayenne pepper. And that the cayenne pepper is sort of like an agent that helps to cleanse. 
And so, you know, people can go on that for, you know, generally like around three to 10 days. And it kind of is like a cleanser for your body and to cleanse you out. You know what? And now that you're talking, my mind goes back to growing up every now and then my parents would try the cabbage soup diet and they would be like, oh, we're just going to eat cabbage soup. Do you want to join? And I would go, oh, okay. Because I had dreams of being rail thin for some odd reason, because that was what was pushed in our growing up, especially during the waif era, where it was like, you know what? In order to be beautiful, you got to be rail thin. And so while I was at a very good um, weight, I actually had a very small waist. I had a big butt, though. And I was always, always so um, embarrassed by it. Because if people would say, oh, she has a pillow butt nowadays. Oh, my goodness. I would be rocking that Instagram if I looked like right, that. But right. back then it was like, <laughs> no, you can't. And I remember people, my, I, I don't, I just remember it was like a problem. Like, Rita should get down that butt. But it was, it was, so back then I remember even doing the cabbage diet. So but, isn't it interesting how like standards change? And it can really affect people's body image because I remember that in the 80s, you just everything had to be flat. Everything had to be flat, flat stomach, flat. Not breast. But but the breast. Yeah. Dolly Parton. You could be like huge. Right. But it's just interesting how body standards change. And now it's completely different. What I find interesting is that I feel that a lot of times people get into this whole diet and weight loss and and, and that carousel by being pushed onto that carousel by other people. Mm -hmm. Think of people that kind of like left me alone to not start thinking about it. Mm -hmm. Maybe I wouldn't have started to become, you know, preoccupied with it and then fall into it. Right. And the thing about it is, is that it, it generally is. I think it generally the people that generally uh, kind of push those things on others is just society and the standards in society and the magazines. I know for one thing, like <laughs> I always loved the way you looked always always mm -hmm. you know when you were small i loved it when you're small when you're big i love it when you're big and it's just it's just to me it's just i don't know i find that generally husbands don't have a problem with females with their with their wives they don't have a problem with their wives i think their wives have a problem with their own self-image based on society standards yeah you know we we have a way we have in our head that we want to look right. and it doesn't matter sometimes if you're like oh no you look fine we have our own or you look good yeah we have our <laughs> own version of what we feel looks good right and i guess i just had to get that off my chest that wait a minute this kind of started off way before and during the wedding i i just felt like I and i know for a fact been... i did when i was a kid up constantly trying to go on some type of diet to lose a weight so but i, I think meeting that you, brought me like let's just be real mm -hmm. meeting you really brought that preoccupation with food and weight loss to the forefront yeah absolutely because i had already been struggling with my weight as a kid and try to figure out how i was going to handle food and healthy relation with food and, and, and I working find that out so and, sad because I just think that's such a burden for a child to have mm -hmm. it is such a burden because I see it as a burden as an adult so mm -hmm. I just feel sad that you didn't have like this part of your life couldn't be just carefree right. like for me like I said I didn't think about it it was just not on my mind and mm -hmm. I feel sad that you as a child were already on this carousel because once you get on, it's so hard to get off. And, right, and I right. and I just want to say that I don't blame Merthel. I just think that people need to realize that when you marry someone, whatever things that they're struggling with, you will most likely take it on as well. Mm -hmm. It's just it's just normal and natural. It happens in marriage. I made my own choices though. Mm -hmm. But like, let's say I married a fit really fit person really into fitness and vice versa we probably would never be where we are right now with our weight we would be influencing influencing each other right for that so i already had a weakness in some sort of way because right. it was already you know introduced to me and i mm -hmm. had already not been eating like let's say the healthiest right but i just kind of took a bad habit and it exploded into something worse right so what i hear you saying is is that um while you never had so much of a big um history with dieting and things of that nature 
you may have had some body uh, image issues mm -hmm. um, from your childhood, but for the most part, you didn't have like um, unhealthy relationship with food and dieting and things like that. While I did in my childhood, I was really, you know, starting to start to consider my weight and what can I do about it? And, and, and you know, and just that kind of like going up and down and just trying to work on that. Um, by the time we met each other, your eating habits caught up to you. But if you were with somebody that that had that area together, I would have been able to be in a more positive influence. But what I ended up happening is, is that you just started to adapt to my struggles already and then your issues caught up with you and then now it's just like now we had to figure out together what it, we were it gonna was do. like an avalanche it was like an avalanche <laughs> two snowballs yeah rolling down the hill together <laughs> right. and we're about to collide right but so. that eating in the morning that was something because what we would do guys we would um buy like whatever our favorite food was right we would eat chinese food we would get pizza pizza like, we like, would do all these things from the night we, yeah, I would we start would thinking about it. it. Like I don't know about Rita, but because Rita's just not generally like that. And I still am not, honestly, guys. But, if if like Murthal does most of the cooking, I'm a foodie. If he literally put bread and water in front of me, I'd That's probably order eat. Uber Eats. <laughs> but I may just eat just the bread and water because I just right. don't think about it. But back then, it was like, what are we gonna do? How are right. we gonna do this? We Ooh, gotta do this right. Yeah. Ooh. And then it would just be like this, these, you know, I don't even know if you guys are familiar with this new trending diet that is out there right now. What is that called? Again? Intermittent fasting. Intermittent so fasting. we were so doing it without we're knowing We were doing that, that like 20 years ago, like right. intermittent fasting, where we would we just be like coined it. massive. And it would work. Right. Like, like just eating just, but it was in the morning. Intermittent fasting, I think is more at night. Like the way people yeah, are doing yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, that's what I hear too. But it's more night, but I don't know. Like, I don't like that. It could that. be in the morning too. Why shouldn't too? it be in the morning when you could just burn it off that whole day? That's why, what I would think. Why wake up and the whole day hungry? But, but I haven't read it is, on it, so I don't know. Yeah, I don't. I don't really know. But the the thing about it is, is that we would do it in the morning and we would eat as much as we want. It, it was t completely totally up to us, and we'd eat whatever we wanted. And then we wouldn't eat for the rest of the day. And it actually really, really worked. And it was our first introduction to the concept that if you eat more, you will lose weight as opposed to trying to <laughs> fast yourself. Oh boy! If you eat more, you actually start to rev up your immune system mm -hmm. and you actually will wait. But you'd have to do it in an uh, intelligent way that works along with your body. So it's just not eating more all through the day. No, it had to be. Some people eat more as far as intervals. And so they in, in, eat in intervals and that revs up the metabolism. Some people will do intermittent fasting where they eat more. Um, some people will go on a vegan diet and they'll eat a whole bunch of ton of food that has very low, you know, um, you know, caloric intake in it. So you're eating a lot of greens and things like that. But whatever the case is, that was our first introduction to the concept of if you actually eat more in an intelligent way that deals with the mechanisms of your body, you will actually lose a ton of weight. And that was the first the first introduction to that. So, so then then later on, we, we started. I remember we started going into now. This is after now. This is like probably a year into our marriage. Now, I've had at least one kid by then. Right. Possibly two. So this is now a year or two into our marriage, fully into our marriage. Now, um, you know, we would uh, start with this thing called Body for Life. We found this book called Body for Life and it taught us how to weight train. Now, now it's like we've gained the weight. Um, we had the children and it's like, OK, time to get this weight off. You know, of course, I gained the weight along with my pregnant wife, because guess what? I was pregnant, too. So. You know, and so we started working out and we started doing the typical high protein, low carb diet. We did, oh get, some, I we was did get some success, but we were miserable. First of all, we? I hated that. I felt muscle weary, like like I had zero, like all my mitochondria was like, well, that's a wrap. Mm -hmm. I just didn't have any energy. And I don't understand how people can do this. I cannot live off of just meat. No. And vegetables. I need some sort of starch or carb. It was miserable. But there are some people that this really works with. They eat some chicken breast and they eat a salad and they're good to go. They eat some fish and, you know, and they stay away from the pastas and they stay away from the bread. Maybe I was just going through like a withdrawal withdrawal. And, and yeah, because I couldn't do it. I was so weak and I lived. Oh, my goodness. I lived for a carrot. I was like, oh, I got a <laughs> carrot. 
I remember eating um, just like some egg whites and some like cucumber egg whites and some spinach. Right. And like that was it. And we were doing cottage cheese at the time oh my goodness. as well. I, and... If there's one food I hate <laughs> is cottage cheese. I can't. It's slimy. It's mucusy. It's like a cow blew its nose and said, here, let me package this <laughs> and you can eat it with berries. It's disgusting to oh me. Oh my goodness. I remember those days. Not the best days well, the funniest I, and part I like was to our enjoy gym. food. Oh yeah, we had. <laughs> okay, we went out. We were we were gonna do this, okay, folks. We're so we were gonna crazy. do this. And I remember, I remember, we went out and we got some of the most expensive equipment. Like we got <laughs> like these weight, the, the, you know, the weight machines that has everything connected to it. Oh my goodness! And it was one of those ones where you could do your leg press, you could do your this and that because, of course, because we were, we were going to lose we were weight, gonna lose and weight. we were going to be like, like bodybuilders. Ooh, so abs, come abs. on, yeah, like right. it was, it was no a no brainer. Take money you didn't really have, right? And go buy this weight machine, and then and then treadmill and and we, take it with you hundreds of miles away to, to to college. Listen, every time that we packed up, we packed up several times and moved several times. Every time we packed up, we brought that trusty weight machine and that treadmill. And I remember my dad saying, "I will never buy a treadmill." He's like, "Why are you guys buying this treadmill? Nobody ever loses weight with these treadmills." And he was just absolutely right. right. He like said, we "The just... moment I buy a treadmill is the moment I know I'm about to get really fat." Yeah. And he <laughs> said to it, "I said, not me." But right. you know, it's funny because when we bought the treadmill, I started walking six miles a day. Like I would take like two hours and I would be trucking it. And no, I but it would did work just, though, hon. It worked. It did work, but it we were worked, miserable. But I and could it barely walk. It wasn't sustainable. <laughs> it worked. We were walking and we were we would go to the park and we'd walk, but it wasn't sustainable because we were miserable. I did not like what it I was eating. It wasn't a lifestyle change. It was right. just another diet. Right. And it was it was whack. So then, then we, we said went, Weight Watchers, you know yeah, what? Everybody's you know losing what? all this weight with Weight Watchers. Let's do you know it. What? I want brownies every now and then. And all I have to do is just count. So this is all I have to do right, is count. Right. This is pre-cell phone point. So right. I've got the little book and I'd go to the grocery store and I'd be like, oh, this is two points and this is right. three points. And guys, if we work out, we can actually gain a point. Exactly. So we were working out and then eating a brownie. And weighing working in. Working out and eating a slice of pizza. We'd Working weigh in, out. feel good, lost maybe a pound. Right. Let's go eat. And we'd go to a restaurant. And then we'd have our booklet. And in the booklet, it would have every single restaurant that you can have. And then the, the calculating scores, anyone remember like 20 years ago or like 17 years ago, it would be this thing where you had to pull it out. The, the right, measuring thing, right. you had to pull it out. And yep. you'd look at the, the three mm -hmm. points would be this. And this mm -hmm. is how much you'd have to work out. So we did the Weight Watchers. But I didn't like it because... I honestly felt discouraged because everyone at the meeting was usually Smaller really than us. what? No, it was the exact opposite. You thought you felt that they were bigger than us? Maybe if not just as big as us, just as big. Right, because we did. Everyone weight was overweight. Twice. We did Weight Watchers twice, so we did it in Toronto, and then we also did it when we were in Western New York. So yeah, but everyone. I felt everyone there at the meetings was just big, except for maybe the one person weighing us in. Right, right. And it was just like, wait a minute, I thought this thing works. Mm -hmm. So I was like, eh, scratch that. Right. So then we did. Now, Myrthel doesn't remember this, but I remember this. We did Metafast. And who did we do it with, though? It's like It was like a book. Okay. And on a program, I think we ordered Okay. Okay. And what I remember is that we had to test our pee to see if we were in ketosis. Right. Which is right. like when you're burning fat. Right. Based off of the food we were eating. So it's kind of like a high fat diet. Yeah, we've done so many things. I, I, I don't know. remember this one, but yeah, I could, I could, like, there's like a vague memory of this something one like this. was so fast and done. It was a wrap. Before we even almost started. Mm -hmm. So we can just move on. <laughs> right, right. I, I mean, anything that you're going to have to pee on something consistently is just not going to work. So. But um, then I remember we moved and then we went to L.A. Weight Loss. And we were just like, okay, we're going to do is it. this. And L.A. Weight Loss, I remember they had all these shakes. They had strawberry shakes. They mm -hmm. had vanilla shakes. They had chocolate shakes. Mm -hmm. And I was just like, ooh, I can mm, do this. this I like shakes. Mm -mm -mm. mm -hmm. I'm just going to drink mm -hmm. these shakes and then eat these little, you know, um, portion meals that they have set out. And they and make it look very 
um, official, at least at the time, you had to actually get a blood test and right. a doctor was going to sign off on it. And you were just like, yes, 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 um, yes. This is going to happen. I was like, we were high fiving each other like we've done mm-hmm. it. This is it. This is the one. But, you know, no, it wasn't. It wasn't the one. And then we went on to Jenny Craig. And- Jenny Craig. Now, I was like, yes, Jenny Craig. There we go. That's the key. This is the winner because she has food and all we have to do is eat Just her snacks and warm up her food. Right. Yes. Because, the, you know, if we could just portion out and not have to cook and um, and that didn't work either. Nope. Then we went back to the concept because then we thought, OK, remember when we used to eat like in the morning? Right. And then we found this 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 thing like we're on the Internet and we started looking at different things and was like, oh, yeah. No, wait, I know what you're about to say. That did not come. No, that didn't come. You're right. You're right. You're right. It was way. And I I didn't look that up. I made that up. Okay. Okay. So let's not let's let's we'll talk about that one later. Okay. But Ben, but after we did move um, again, we were in Western New York and we did. I, I looked and I happened to see or hear something called way down. Right. So I looked I it up, that. got the uh, tapes or CDs, got the booklet. And I was like, yes. Yeah. So way down means what you do is you are now letting God basically control your desires, which is a very good thing. Oh, it was an it was awesome excellent. concept. I was so and the excited. the concept is. Eat when you're hungry. Stop when you're satisfied. And don't be obsessed with what you're eating. Stop so if you're hungry at with... three o'clock in the morning, eat something. Right. If you're hungry at five in the morning, eat something. If you're hungry at eight o'clock at night, but eat don't, something. And you have to recognize when you're hungry. The big thing on this thing was like right. recognizing know true hunger. hunger. No true, true hunger. hunger. You're not emotionally eating. You're not eating because you're bored. You're not eating, you know, whatever. No, it's a feeling in your belly that you have to learn. And then once you learn that, you eat, but you eat almost like the Japanese, like you don't overeat. You eat to just a certain spot and then you stop. You can eat anything you want. That's another thing, you know, that yeah. she would say. She you can advocates, eat anything you want. advocates if you have a plate and there's vegetables and macaroni and cheese and a biscuit or something, she says, eat your favorite food first. Right. So if you love that biscuit, eat that. By the time that you're getting satisfied, you're eating a much less portion. She, What I liked about her book was that she was saying that you could even eat a bunch of healthy food, but if you eat even too much of the healthy food, you're right. not going to lose weight. Right. And it doesn't control having a gluttonous attitude. Right. You should not switch your glutton for rich food right now over to i'm gonna eat a whole bunch of brown rice and chicken i'm gonna eat a whole bunch of like healthy shakes no she's saying control your appetite and and give it to god give your appetite to god and Mm -hmm. allow yourself to be filled by him because a lot of our eating is emotional eating so i really like the way down but of course that didn't really work either uh for me um just didn't last and then we went on to becoming vegan we at some given point in time, we're like, OK, you know, I think that we've started to learn a lot of things. I know right now it's very popular to be vegan, but we started doing some research before and we knew that, you know, a plant based diet is just just an ultimately better and more healthy diet for you. And if we're going to struggle, we figured that if we're going to struggle with our eating, maybe it would just be better off if we just became vegan. And so we started on our vegan journey and there was this thing called New Start that we would interject in. Um, there's a thing called start solution and there was a whole bunch of things that we were just reading up on with different doctors, eat more, weigh less, eat more, weigh less, um, raw the food. raw food diet. And so we started doing different things like that. Mm-hmm. Each one of those, we, we did, um, start solution where we would eat only potatoes and rice and, you know, and just fill up on more of those kind of things. And this is when we were blending up, um, kale and spinach with like, um, mm-hmm. um, what, what would you blend that up with? Like grapes or something? Or we would do bananas and spinach. Right. And, and this was when Marthel got a whole bunch of his clots. Because I was having too much vitamin K and I, and I had some type of clotting issue where if I eat too much of that particular right. vitamin K, it would cause me to clot. And so it was so really... So folks, ch- you can even overdo a good thing. Right. Or not even overdue, but you just have to know your own body and each person's body is kind of different. You know what? I feel it was overdoing it because what we should have been doing was juicing it. But we were like, no, we're going to blend it. And I just think that we had 
maybe drink too much right. of it because and, and you know what you're right i think other people maybe could tolerate it better i didn't have a problem with it no but, you didn't it didn't but, affect you in any way shape or form it's just that i had to know my body and i had to know what but there was, good was no for me. way you would have known yeah no way so yeah all of those things that we just talked about new start starch solution eat more way less raw food every single one of those um, are actually a very ideal in my opinion a very ideal way of eating right. but when and you're not committed great, we had some great results on these things but great we went right energy. back to right so, so then okay it wasn't if we sustainable had great results why did we stop it wasn't sustainable i mean why wasn't it sustainable because because I it literally that. is it was because we did not feel mentally right. mentally that it was sustainable right we 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 did not stay on it long enough and we did not uh, affirm that um you know, like how we talk on this podcast, the Onyx Life, how we talk mm -hmm. about positive thinking. We were not exercising positive thinking with it. We would be drinking and saying, oh, this Ugh, is so I can't wait. I can't. Yeah, I can't stand this. And then it would just be like, but I, we have to do it because we have to lose weight. And not having a poor attitude is never going to allow you to achieve anything you know, in life, even if you're doing a good thing. I remember we got our blood drawn. We had gone to the doctor. We had a full um, uh, act. A doctor's appointment visit full physical and you know what our at least for my blood it was so good i mean right. my cholesterol was so low now keep in mind i was kind of still pretty young mm -hmm. and my you know i'm just saying that everything looked really really good right so i feel like doing that was really cleansing like oatmeal and green shakes and fruit and it was just so healthy Right. And you should talk a little bit about, you know, how you were online and you were kind of looking up a lot of these things. And then you stumbled into this girl named Freely the Banana Girl. And oh, yeah. and, and that really there was a lot yes, of really great information at that. You time. know what we didn't write down here was something called 801010. Mm -hmm. So basically, I started watching YouTube and I was following uh, Freely the Banana Girl, someone may have, you guys may have heard of her. And she basically would talk about, you know, um, eating like 100 bananas a day or something like that, you know, just to like hook people. I think she has actually eaten that amount in a day or close to it. Um, but she was just talking about how much eating being primarily on fruit, almost like a fruitarian almost, how that really helped her acne, her digestion, her stress, her sleep, um, everything that you could think of, digestive issues, like everything was just cleared up for her. So I was like, wow, this is amazing. I like fruit. Um, and then I did some more research and um, she was with this guy named um, Harley. He calls himself Durian Rider. And they were also, he was, he would also talk about how well he did on with that kind of a diet. Now they are vegan. So it's not like they only ate fruit. They also ate like um, potatoes. And she actually came up with something called raw till four. And so she was eating like raw food and then at four she'd have a dinner. I think by now she's switching it up. But this was back then. Uh -huh. This was years. This was years ago. So anyway, after looking at that, I did even more digging and I came across this diet called 80-10-10, which was 80% um, carbs, 10% fat, 10% think protein. I really hope I'm saying that right because mm -hmm. I had forgotten about it until this very moment. So um, I'm just, I just saw that and I was like, wow, you know, everybody that had, was able to stick to it has talked about how optimal their body has felt on this. And this, right. this guy's name was um, Douglas Graham. I really liked this book because not only did everybody on there clear up their weight issues, but they again were talking about all of their health problems that they were able to um, reverse. But not only that, um, they were also living vital lives, like their right. vitality was right. so high. And so, yes, yeah, so 80% carbs, 10% protein. 10% fats. The real key to the 80-10-10 diet is um, making sure that you're getting the abundance of your carbs from fruits. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, the reason why they say low protein is because they said high protein stresses your kidneys. And low fat is because 
Um, as you're eating, if you're eating low fat, there's less flat, fat in your bloodstream. So, you know, your cells won't be coated with fat causing, you know, diabetes and all these other things. It won't be causing bad circulation. If you eat low fat, you have less of a chance for, you know, storing all that fat. You know That's that right. saying, the, the fat you eat is the fat you wear? Right. Well, this, these people really live by that. And I found that when we, when we uh, tried this, we really dropped some weight. We did. And not just weight, but we felt better and energetic when we had it. And, we, you know, we've been doing a lot of research. And even recently, we stumbled upon a book that this lady wrote where she cured cancer. And she cured cancer. Um, her cancer with a diet that is very similar to this kind of diet where it was just like a very strong plant-based diet, a lot of carrot juicing mm -hmm. and different things like that of that nature. And she got cancer when in 80... 97. 97. Mm -hmm. Okay, so it was in 97 she got cancer. She spoke to several other cancer patients who at the time had, had done and right. surgery and done chemotherapy. And she was just really struggling with whether she should do this or whether she shouldn't do this. And she was just really concerned about, you know, what she should actually do. She ate everything at that point in time and she was really struggling as to what to do. But she did her research and she decided she was going to have a very positive attitude and she was going to stick to this natural way of handling her cancer and just basically lifestyle. Because really, it's not just dealing with the cancer, but she wanted to live this way for the rest of her life. And so she went on this plant based diet and she, uh, you know, and a lot of the things that she would do is, you know, eating the soups and juicing the carrots. And, you know, she had a regimen and um, we won't go into it right now, but. Ultimately, she cut out meats. She cut out animal fat. She cut out all of those things. And she cured her cancer. And many of the people, in fact, all of the people that she had gone to who had gotten rid of their cancer through chemotherapy and through surgery, each one of them, the cancer came back and they're all gone. And she is thriving without any of that for all 21 these years. years later. 21 years later. Right. 21 years later. So, so that's definitely another podcast. But definitely... Um, we really, as you can tell, have done a lot of research and trying out of those types of um, diets. Right. Now, Most recently, we did gluten-free. Yes. Now, wait, before we did gluten-free, mm -hmm. I also did something called the micronutrient diet. Mm -hmm. Now, this was, um, for me, it was like, it was a almost like an experiment because like I really don't enjoy vegetables. Mm -hmm. But with this diet, what they want you to do is basically make vegetables your primary part of your meal mm -hmm. and everything else kind of goes around it so i would have meals of like salads and then cooked vegetables on top of that and then a very small portion of like a carb or something along with it right and it was for me i did it as a um i think as a vegan i did that okay and boy again I was dropping weight like crazy and right. I felt actually I felt very satisfied now wow. now the funny thing is before remember we talked about high protein and just eating that with vegetables yeah one of the reasons I didn't feel satisfied with that is because they I still the had protein. a very small amount of um, of the vegetables that they had kind right. of put with it and I don't know, something about eating so much protein, I think, just stressed the body out and made me exhausted. So. Right. But with this one... Because it takes one, so long for, for meat to digest right. it in, in the system. It sits in your it sits in your gut for, for right. uh, and in your intestines for a very long period of time as it tries to break it down and, right. and it causes all sorts of lethargy. But with this one, um, it was like with Dr. Uh, Joel Furman, I was like, whoo, this is a really good diet. I mean, right. I, I was really losing weight. And then we tried the di um, the rice diet and, you know. But that one again, I was like, yeah, this is the ticket. <laughs> so with rice, the rice diet with Dr. Walter Kempner. They did a study. Um, they did a study that showed, and they didn't do this on purpose. It was actually to treat people with kidney disease. And they came up with a diet that wouldn't stress the kidneys, which was basically plain rice and sugar. And white rice too. White rice. It was white rice. And white sugar. White sugar and fruit juice. Because they said that would not stress the kidneys. 
And um, what they found with those patients was that not only did they reverse all their problems with kidney disease, but they actually lost a ton of weight. Mm -hmm. And so, of course, when I saw that, I was like, this is it. Because even with the micronutrient diet, I was just tired of all those cooked vegetables. I didn't like it. But I thought, hey, I like white rice. I like sugar. I like fruit juice. What's the problem? The interesting thing is, is that in that short period of time that we were doing that rice diet, my teeth started hurting because of all the sugar oh, yeah. and all the fruit. I forgot about that right. until now. Yeah. So like every time that you do these things, yeah, it may have a benefit in one regards. <laughs> but whenever you have a lack of balance, I find that it's going to hurt you in another way. And I think that... Man, Marthel, clots, toothaches. I right. mean, you had to go all the way to get that tooth fixed. That's right. how bad it got. Yeah. And, and so the thing about it is, is that, yeah, okay, if somebody has kidney disease and their kidneys is like at 3% or 5% and they go on this diet. Yes, it can reverse. Yes, it does some miracles. But if your kidneys are fine and your body is fine and you're just trying to lose weight in this, it's not worth (laughs) rottening your teeth. Okay. balanced. (laughs) So so it's time to be balanced. And then I I, I remember another thing that we did. It may not have been a diet, but do you remember the colon cleanse with the coffee? And we'd buy the buckets with the coffee and then you had to like colon cleanse in the rectum. And like but I don't think I ever it. did it. I did it. Remember, I did it in the apartment. Yeah, that's and right. Hang, I never did that. I'd hang the the um the. Oh my god! <laughs> I think this is TMI. Coffee. Yeah, this is definitely TMI, and there's a reason I didn't do it. Um, and I know some people get so addicted to coffee enemas. But the enema was amazing. Like it made me feel so energized. <laughs> it was. Oh, that was why I didn't do it. I didn't do it because I don't drink any caffeine or coffee, right. and I was so worried. That I would, I would Somehow just be like so caffeine, wired. Yeah. yeah. Going directly to the colon oh, yeah. is like, you know, but it's just interesting, you know, just the different things that we did for the sake of health. Right. You said recently we did the gluten free. We did the gluten free. And I think that that was a very positive thing because it, it resolved some of the issues, gut issues, you know. Yeah. And what happens is you automatically start to eat a little healthier because mm-hmm. you're you're just getting rid of a lot of processed foods. And that's basically what it really was for me and you right. because we had already started interjecting more plant-based diets. So all we were doing was we were eliminating the flours and the you know refined products that had gluten in it. And so it just it just refined the diet. And so literally and in between all those diets folks, I mean we must have mentioned clearly almost Man. 20 to 24 that's, that's sad. two dozen. It's sad and all the efforts that we have done but, yet but in so between common. those diets i think that the 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 most consistent diet and lifestyle was not doing anything at all like just basically <laughs> just eating whatever i want at whatever time i want you know oh if if people if you guys want to hear a run of some good restaurants and good food and good pizza places yes. and we could we could give you a much longer podcast oh, based yes. on that oh yes on that diet the diet of doing nothing but enjoying food <laughs> We could we could tell you every state that we've been in the greatest restaurants. <laughs> My goodness! But uh, we won't go there. No. Um. But but we are on a journey, folks, and we are putting together all of the information that has made us so successful in this mm-hmm. life, in all the areas of her life. Oh, wait, you know and what? We are I'm pulling sorry. it all together. I don't want to interrupt you, but we forgot to talk about one more thing: What's eating that? before three. Oh yeah, eat before three. You need I- to break it down. So I, I'm sorry, guys. I know this is confusing, but I really want to bring it up because when we talk about what we're going to do, I want you guys to actually know that we talked about this. Right. So eating before three came out of me actually feeling like I could not sleep late at night because I would get acid. Mm-hmm. So I just stopped naturally eating around four or three o'clock in the afternoon, found that, oh, great, my acid is gone. But then I saw that I was again losing weight. Mm-hmm. And I think it was another form of intermittent fasting, but maybe less time. Right. But um, I started like basically swearing by this thing, like eat before three. That's it. I'm done. Um, I was it with I could eat almost anything and I would continually lose a safe amount of weight on a daily basis. So I just want to throw that out there. Right. So what we want to say now to you is, is this after we have shared this journey, we have collected all the data, all the information about good nutrition. We've collected, collected all the data as positive thinking and integrating our faith. 
we have collected all the data as to what are the best types of exercising and movements. Um, and we have shared some of this with you, natural uh, community support systems, all of these things. We are integrating all of our knowledge and we want to share with you the success that we are on, this successful journey that we are on now in losing weight. We have a trainer now and we have um, this trainer is an at home trainer that comes into the home and helps to bring motivation to our movements. And, and we vary it up We're you know, we're doing activity every single day. We're going tennis. We're playing bowling. We're shooting hoops. We are um, just staying active, jumping in the pool and, and swimming every week. And so there is a lot of exciting things that are happening with us when it comes to our health right now. And we want you to be a part of that. It's on every level from our cognition to our relationships in every level. We're integrating all this information and we are doing it this time. And we are so excited about this journey and we are bringing you along with us. And there is going to be a type of lifestyle that we are going to choose that is going to be a lifestyle that is best for us because as you notice there were certain things that Rita would do to deal with some of the challenges that she has in her body certain challenges that I have with my body that just insensitivities that our bodies have so we can't really necessarily do the exact same thing so I'm going to be selecting out of all of this information a certain lifestyle that I have felt that is going to be best for me Rita is selecting it for you we're not going to share anything yet with each other and we're not going to share it with you, but we're going on this journey and we look forward to from week to week and from month to month kind of sharing with you our successes and begin to roll out some of the things that we're doing. And when do you want to like we're going to keep them updated? Right. Um, but at what point do you want to share what we did? I don't know. OK, well, it'll, know. well, we'll share it with you soon. Yeah. But we want to get some good results first. And and by that point, share exactly what we're doing. Right. But at this point in time, you know, we were you know, we're really happy that we were able to share this journey with you because there are so many people that are struggling with these areas. And it's one thing to talk about all the areas of our life that we are very successful in and not share some of the vulnerable, challenging areas of our life. But this one, you're going to come along with us and you're going to watch live how positive thinking, how faith, how relationship with God, how um, community and how working together as a team, how all of this can, f the Onyx life basically can impact every single area of your life. There is no area of your life that does not have to be, that can be left untouched and remain in limbo or challenged. And so we're really happy to share this with you. So we hope that um, we are giving you some really good information and good motivation. Yes. So thank you so much for listening. Join us again Monday through Friday. Show notes are found at theonyxlife.com. Join our Facebook, The Onyx Life. Follow us on Twitter at The Onyx Life and on Instagram at The Onyx Life Official. Now go live that Onyx Life where change comes with challenge. See you next time. <laughs>